live onto Facebook and live onto LinkedIn. And we are live. Stuart Taylor, say hello to the world. Hello, the world. <laughs> Stuart, it's great to have you on. We're doing a, a, a really interesting broadcast today about just dig it, cooling down the planet together. And Stuart's going to give us a bit of a, a briefing, a bit of a background um, as, as to him and also uh, just dig it. So let, let's just give a, a little bit of a, a background uh, for those listening in on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, and also the, 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 the podcast. And I just want to also introduce how Stuart and I come together, because I, I think it's uh, so I think it's got a lovely, lovely, catchy co connotation. And uh, we, we had another recent example as, as to how well just dig it Stuart and his colleagues are doing and on their mission to reiterate it, to cool down the planet. And we're going to cool it down together. So all of us are living in a global climate crisis. Who didn't know that? Our planet is warming fast. Luckily, there is a solution. If nature is brought back by applying cost-effective nature-based solutions, we can mitigate global warming by, drum roll, 37%. This will benefit nature, biodiversity, and people everywhere and help cool down our planet. Just dig it are on a mission to re-green Africa and cool down the planet together with millions of farmers and together with you. Again, this is why we're really keen to get Stuart and just to get on so we, we can assist uh, not only individually, but with all the companies that we all collectively know in our fresh food, fresh produce sectors to see if we can get aligned to Just Dig It. So Stuart, Stuart has a 35 year career in the UK media sector. Uh, he now devotes his time to tackling this climate crisis as UK country director for the Dutch environmental foundation, Just Dig It. So they believe in the power of nature and in cooling down the planet together by regreening degraded land and bringing back vegetation. Their mission is to re-green Africa in the coming 10 years, together with all 350 million farmers in Africa and with you. To give nature a push, they empower and connect a movement of millions. So far, they've restored 60,000 hectares, brought back over 6 million trees and built a grassroots movement that's grown every day. They believe now is the time to speed up and scale up. No more talking, no more waiting. This is the decade of doing dig in and cool down the planet with just dig it Stuart, that's, i love that i've obviously, obviously plagiarized a lot of it off your, off your website but your communications team as we said in the in the in the green room they, they've got some real great magic dust i just love love the way that you have presented yourself um you, you, yourself and you, your, your colleagues i presume you're in agreement well absolutely and um as you as you said um you know we it's serendipitous that we're talking today because you actually were able to see you were you were privileged to see our our cinema commercial which is out at the moment all over the UK and which prompted you to get in touch which I think is exactly the point and uh, this is the power of of mass communication and I think this is one of the things that sets just dig it apart is that we have a very strong positive communication approach we don't just do the activation and the the work on the ground but we believe in the power of positive storytelling yeah and and you sort of stole some of my, my thunder because I was going to say the tenuous link strip between you and I was Lady Diana. How does that work? Because what was it about a, a month ago? Um, my daughter and I, my, my 17 year old daughter and I, we went to see Diana uh, in the in the cinema in Bury St. Edmunds in, in Suffolk. And I, I've, I don't know about you, Stuart, but the only other film I'd seen in the last 18 months because of everything was the was the James Bond film. But we get in to see Di Diana, which is a, a great film, film, everyone, if you haven't seen it. Um, and they do the uh, the adverts at the beginning. And there was this, and we're going we're gonna to roll it for you so you can see this in a minute. There was this really powerful, unusual, visceral um, advert uh, with Just Dig It. And no offense, Stuart, I wasn't aware of who Just Dig It was. And I, and I, I did the, the naughty thing. I took a quick um, pic picture with my, my phone. Um, I then got in contact with, uh, with 
Stuart and his team via, via the website to say, you look great. Can, can we talk about this? Can we uh, get you on um, on, uh, on on Beanstalk? And I was just saying to um, Stuart again in the in the green room that um, I got um, dragged to see, uh, well, remember it, Stuart, um, House of Gucci. Uh, great, great film if you're into very expensive leather uh, wallets, belts and, uh, and, and and shoes. And again, at the, the, the start in the, um, in, in the efforts, they ran the Just Tickets uh, ad and there was um, uh, a small bunch of um, ladies, I'm guessing in the um, early 20s in, in front of me, and a couple of them got out their phones and snapped the, the Just Dig It um, closing page on the, on, on the advert. So it's, it's yes, yeah, so again, all, all credit to, to yourself. So it's created a lot of um, uh, resonance for, for those going to the lights of, um, lights of cinema to, to just get a better understanding. I, I tell you what, Stuart, shall we, shall we run the, your, your sure. um, cinema advert so everyone can see us? Yeah. So if you just turn, turn off your uh, your your video, yep. and I say to Stuart how this is my this is my Raymond Blanc moment where nothing works, but we're going to get this uh, going to get this to work. Here we go. Global warming is moving in fast. Time to speed up regreening. If millions of African farmers are empowered, the mother continent can be regreened in ten years. So dig in, make some noise, and move the masses. Dig in. Help inspire the new generation. Fathers, mothers, children, everyone. Regreening is done together. Dig in. Cooling down the planet. Just dig it. Wow. Stuart, can you come back in? There we go. That was um that was excellent. Might might even play us at the um end end again, um, Stuart. So so Stuart, before we get into just dig it, we have so many graduates that listen um in and they're always really curious to the background of, of people that uh, that we we have on. If it's okay to ask you, Stuart, what's your background? How how did you go through this uh, this illustrious media career and end up with a just dig it? What's your background, please? Well, um well, it's it's really very simple, and, and to keep it sort of short, I uh, yeah, I had a career in media as as, as you've um, kindly uh, kindly told people. But I was getting to the point. I was starting to um, sort of hear all the different messages going around about climate change. This was several years ago, and I've always been a you know I've always loved the outdoor world. I've always loved mountains and trees and forests and and and, and lakes and so on. And I never really thought about it being really under threat. And uh, I think it was actually uh, uh, an article in my old alma mater, the Guardian newspaper, where I think it was about five years ago, there was an article which literally stopped me in my tracks. And it said something like 70% of the world's wildlife in the world, whether it's insects, mammals, giraffe, you name it, has disappeared since the 70s, literally disappeared. And I sort of couldn't believe this. I thought, what? You know, it was one of those very memorable sort of jaw-dropping moments. And I, so I did some research on it. And I remember the 70s, you know, I was, I, was, I was a teenager in the 70s. And I thought, this has happened while I've been working. This has happened while I've been sort of in my career and growing up. And I just couldn't believe it. And then I, it sort of tuned my radar into really everything else that was going on that I hadn't really been listening to. You know, I watched the David Attenborough uh, programs, Blue Earth, Planet Earth, uh, whatever, and and started listening to things. And I started to piece it all together that, you know, we, we really are facing a bit of a problem here. And um, it prompted me to think, I, I just kept thinking about it and couldn't stop thinking about it. So I felt I was also thinking about the next chapter for me in my sort of working professional life. And uh, I came to the conclusion quite quickly, I couldn't really do anything other than try and help. It really was a sort wow. of 
um, a moment for me, like a, a, a Damascene conversion, where I thought I, I'm going to have to do something about that. I can't, in all legitimacy, go go and work for another media company and not do devote my time to this. So, uh, and serendipitously, um, uh, a colleague of mine at my last job, at my last company, Kinetic, is actually uh, working as an ambassador with Just Dig It. And wow. I, so I sort of retired from my job, um, my corporate world, but he introduced me to Just Dig It. Um, and we had a lovely conversation shortly before lockdown, first lockdown. And, and we got on like a house on fire. They're a really wonderful bunch of people to work with. And, you know, I've worked with a few in my time. And um, so we, I, I got the train to Amsterdam and we sort of had a, a lovely time together. And I agreed to say, well, no one's heard of Just Dig It in the UK. Uh, let me let me try and help. And I felt, you know, we can come on and talk about Just Dig It, but it really is, you know, the work the work we're doing on the ground particularly is is phenomenal. Yeah. And and it's really opened my eyes to um, all these amazing people that are, you know, we're not the only people that are helping solve climate change. There are, there's armies of people out there. Yeah. Uh, and it is just incredibly empowering to, um, you it's, know. That's just so where I think it's fascinating with someone like, like yourself, you, you look at the... Um, the, the the huge skill set and the huge network that you got from the, the media sector. And it's now now that you can put it even to more good by being aligned to the likes of um, Just Dig It, what I think it's really interesting is that we have so many uh, graduates now coming into the uh, fresh food sectors. And I, I, I call, I call it, I call it the, my, my Goldman Sachs moment, that um, some of these um, younger individuals could go be aligned to Goldman Sachs and earn six-figure um, amounts and, and work 100 hours um, a, a week, but they're not actually doing anything uh, good for the planet. Um, and as such, they're, they're pivoting um, and they're, they're looking to get involved with the likes of uh, fresh food that has been grown in a regenerative, sustainable manner that's going to do good for the planet and also for all of those um, associated uh, with them. And I've always biased those com comments um, to that younger generation. Um, not not saying that you you are, are, are mature or anything like, like that, Stuart, but the, but the fact that you've got this great network and skill set and that you can deploy it to doing good as well by being the, the allied to the, the likes of Just Dig It. I think there's a, a real good example there for um, other individuals who, if, if they've got more, more time, and we get loads of people when I'm my, with my recruitment head on asking to be involved as a, yeah. a non-exec, non-execy, but actually if they've got the, 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 the time um, and the willingness to be alive to align to the likes of just to get all other environmental groups yes. to do to make to make positive change. But then we're sort of attacking it Stuart, from, from both ways. We've got the younger generation who want change, and, and we've got the uh, the mature gener generation who can also create change and, and accelerate it faster because of all their all their network. I, I think in that respect, be very positive. It's a, it's a very exciting time. It completely. I mean, we 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 have literally dozens of really smart young people wanting to contribute at Just Dig It, usually as an intern or part of their university work or their postgrad work. And they're so smart and they're all very, very motivated um, to to do some good in the world. And I think it's yeah. it's incredibly energizing and um, very en en heartening, actually. Yeah. Um, but you're right. And I think we're, if people like me can bring you know, some expertise that they don't already have at Just Dig It. What I love about Just Dig It is most people there have had some, well, quite a lot of experience in the commercial world. And we, we have this saying that we, we wish a lot of NGOs were more like businesses and we wish more businesses were like, were more like NGOs. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of sort of experience swapping and uh, professionalism that could be swapped.
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, as I say, I just don't think Just Ticket is typical. They've got a lot of unique characteristics. Yep, and, and that's why why we wanted to get you on because we're pro pro probably not your um, main sort of target that, that you want to acquire. It's probably going to be more likely the ladies I was talking about um, watching the House of Gucci taking screen grabs of um, of Just Ticket and, and coming on and, and getting involved with. But we, we, we've got so many people on, on Beanstalk, no, not only in, in Africa, but also in South America and the likes of Australia that um, I, I, what I want to get out, out of uh, them hearing you today, Stuart, and also uh, viewing your, your website is that if, if their land or the, the communities that they're involved with, if they could just look at what Just Dig It is doing and, and achieving, so we, we, can, we can get this. I, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, so osmosis. By, by a process of osmosis, we yeah. get everyone to say, actually, that's a, that's a really good idea. Why don't we do that? Why don't we get our local communities in? Ghana, in Africa, uh, sorry, in um, uh, Benin, in Egypt, in, in, in Tasmania, to, to do likewise. So I'm all, like I say to my kids, be, be curious. So that's why I'm being curious. So hopefully everyone dialed in can be curious about, about Stuart and about Just Dig It. But, but come on, Stuart, let's, let's get the, the proverbial um, spade out and uh, um, <laughs> dig down a bit. Tell us everything about Just Dig It, please. Well, maybe just a bit of background. Um, as, as you rightfully said uh, in your introduction, um, just Dig It is a, a Dutch NGO, and uh, we're based in Amsterdam and Nairobi. Um, we're on a mission to regreen dry land. Um, it was founded by a guy called Peter Westerfeld and a, another guy called Dennis Carpers. Uh, Peter was an inventor and an artist. He lived in Kenya for much of his life, and he could see the effects many years ago of desertification, wow. whether it was you know, droughts, uh, intermittent droughts. Um, and we're talking really about subsistence farmers here for whom a bad summer is often a, a chance to a, a problem with survival. Yeah. Um, and you could see the effects of water holes drying up and, and, and soil becoming hard and un, unfarmable. Um, but he started restoring the fertility of the soil by harvesting rainwater, by digging trenches with bulldozers and so on. You know, Peter passed sadly many years ago, but now there's a lot of sort of new influences in Just Dig It, and we've developed a much more community-based approach to ecosystem restoration. I mean, there's no one size fits all. You have to work with the land, you have to work with the community, and you have to work with grassroots partners on the ground. We work with the Maasai Wilderness Conservation Trust, the Ambalese, the Ambasali Ecosystem Trust, the African Conservation Center, and many, many more. And this provides local people with an income, uh, it provides them with hope, and it also provides them with ownership of the outcomes. So, you know, degraded land is a, massive massive issue um, all around the world and you know we focus on Africa for a reason but you know there, there are other regreening NGOs working in California southern Spain and you know this is a colossal problem all over the the world and you know it is it is as you said if we can get this right it can contribute 37 percent to the effects of climate change by restoring yeah. nature yeah. Um, so you know the, the actual uh, you know, techniques, I can go into the techniques we use, if you like, or... or uh, yes, please. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we have this, this mission that if, you know, if we can warm up the planet, we can, we can cool it down. Um, and we work with local communities. Uh, primarily, we work in Kenya uh, with um, digging these crescent-shaped buns, which you've seen. Yep. We call them Earth Smiles. Um, and they're just five-meter sort of crescent shapes, which are about half a meter deep. And obviously we do the planning, the, the local people do the digging, so we pay them to do this. Uh, it's hard work, by the way, in, in the sun. It's, all the digging is done in the dry season, then the rains come. They fill up these earth smiles, 
with water and the seeds already in the ground start to germinate. You know, it's nature and it's miracles. And then this goes on once or twice and suddenly you've got ground cover as the as the as the, the greenery spills over in and they meet each other across multiple hectares. So that's primarily what we do in Kenya in in Tanzania, which are, is our other big program area. Uh, we're developing sort of tree restoration programs. And this this again is is phenomenal um, because by restoring trees, a lot of the trees have been cut down in Tanzania, just like they have in the UK and everywhere else, America. But the tree roots, uh, the trees have been cut down for fuel or building materials or whatever, but the tree root still remains in the ground. And the, it, it, the tree exists as a small sort of useless bush. But by, by, by employing this uh, kasiki high, this technique called prune of, our, of clever pruning, you can uh, protect the tree, mark it, prune it skillfully, and the tree will devote all its energy to becoming a proper tree again. Fantastic. And this is, this is phenomenal because I think we all know uh, the benefits of trees. You know, they provide shade, they, they retain water, they provide food for, their, for the animals, they, they cool down the temperature, they, they transpire moisture. You know, it's just a, a, a miracle and, and a, a virtuous circle of helping people and biodiversity. Yeah, so I just wondered. Sure, I've just wondered if there's a there's a, there's a connection there because there's there's so much um, energy and research goes into citrus production, avocado production, uh, top fruit production, and what's that all about? This is about um, um, horticultural gr uh, growing techniques, whether that be in the, in in Kent, in in South Africa, in in South America. And I'd, I'd love there to be a conversation with them, some of those um, horticulturalists, as to how they can assist you with those uh, that 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 tree life, as to how there might be a way to accelerate it further with the knowledge that they've already picked up with the likes of um, avocado or, or, or citrus production. But so that we we, we can have a conversation um, um, off, offline on that to see if we, we can ma match you up with them. Was it some some individuals? So, so where, where does just dig it fit in in the, in the whole spectrum of, of solutions to, to to climate change? Is it at, do, do you think that the the organisation of, of just dig it is valid that it can make a change um, oh. with, with, with with enough momentum, enough people, enough, with enough engagement? Can you make a difference? Yeah, completely, one hundred percent. I mean, you know, um, well, where to start? I mean, climate change is such a vast and complex problem. There is no sort of single answer. Obviously, we need lots of different things to happen at the same time. You know, we need the, the economies of the world to decarbonize. The number one priority is to take, to stop emitting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. That's the major, major problem. Uh, but, 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 but nature uh, acts as a, as a sink, it acts yeah. as a, a sponge, it absorbs carbon dioxide. So really, you know, it's the other side of, it's the, it's the other side of this coin and we have to do both. We have to decarbonize the economies that's all about green energy and supplying green sustainable energy for our transport systems our factories and our everything else the way we we heat our, our homes and and so on but we also have to restore nature because we rely on nature um for everything we, for, for crops for for pollinators for for medicines um but crucially they're a carbon sink um and they are the quickest most scalable uh, most affordable way uh, and so deployable um, to sort of help mitigate this carbon dioxide problem. We, we don't set out, just to be clear, we don't set out to take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. That is not our number one objective in life. Our number one objective in life is to regreen as many acres and help as many people in sub-Saharan Africa 
as we can, because related to these two issues of stopping emissions of, of carbon dioxide and sucking it out of the atmosphere, and you can do that in the oceans and peat, peat bogs and forest, proper tree forests and sea kelps and everything else. Um, uh, allied to that is this idea of resilience and climate justice, where you know, if we don't help people uh, become food and water resilient on their own land, yeah. you know, we have a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of other types of problems that are coming through as, because the people who are least responsible for the emissions are the people that are going to be most already the most affected by it. So there's a, a climate justice and helping people angle here too, which is absolutely critical. And anyone who's working in Africa will understand this 100%. Yeah. And, and the, Africa, I, I know that you're really looking forward to going out to see to see some of the, the, the sites that Just Ticket are, are involved in and you haven't been able to as of yet because of the... Yes, uh, two the, invitations uh, so far, but haven't made it yet because of COVID. <laughs> So as I showed off to you in our planning call, I was very blessed four or five years ago that I did a motorbike ride from, from London uh, to, to, to Cape Town. So through Africa, I went through 18 different countries and 18,000 kilometers. And the, the reason for, for showing off um, about that is the scale of Africa is, is jaw dropping. We always forget in the UK, especially for those who perhaps not, not, uh, not over, overly traveled, that we are uh, 72 million souls in the, in the UK. Africa is a, is a vast continent. And as such, it can make such a difference to this issue that we've got um, in, in the respect of global warming, that if we can adopt the, the likes of the principles of Just Dig It, um, and to create that, that, that difference and also to help the, the local communities, it would be fascinating. I, I, I just want to also attack the, uh, the elephant in, in the room, Stuart, that's, um, um, in times gone by, one of the biggest issues of, uh, that's created this is, is farming. Yeah. Uh, that, that farming and big corporates, it was all about a uh, mass amount of uh, land being turned, turned over to industrial farming. Where it's fascinating now, um, and as, as an example, uh, I've just gone live with my first um, advert with my recruitment head, head, head on to source a farm manager for a big, big farming business in the UK. And the advert is all about, uh, we need you, Mr. Farm, Miss, Mrs. Farm Manager, to get us up to speed on regenerative agriculture and make us a carbon neutral farm. And we're seeing this time and time again, that there's been this absolute sea change over the last five years, but it's definitely accelerating off the, there's got to be one positive stewards off the back of the pandemic is that everyone wants to do more yeah. good. So we're now seeing businesses as they have been doing in our sectors for the last five, 10 years, but they just haven't really shouted about it, that they, perhaps they know um, the, the issues that have been created in, in, in the past, but now they know they've got the ability to do good in this whole area. Um, and so if you're, if we're adopting you and these, these, uh, large commercial businesses know that their only route to success is sustainable farming and, and agriculture uh, together, collaborating to, to, together, because we can't all do this um, individually, we're, we're going to be in a, in a far better place. But again, that's why I want these um, companies to have a look at uh, Just Dig It, because they could um, absolutely adopt some of your principles that you've just talked about to make a, make a really interesting difference, not only for the land, but the people uh, that, that are, that are um, associated with them. What, with, with just dug it, just just dig it, Stuart. Are you just going to kind of concentrate in Africa, or, or, or have you got plans to 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 look um, look look for, further afield? Is it is well, it Africa Africa this year, then the moon next year? What yeah. what, what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we we don't lack ambition at just dig it, but yeah, Africa is the core focus of our attention for a number number of reasons. Clearly, clearly, regreening can happen pretty much anywhere, um, but but um, you know, it can happen in your back garden in Bury St Edmunds, but. Um, 
You know, we focus on Africa for a number of reasons. Firstly, that's where our founders sort of started just dig it. Um, but crucially, you know, there's other really, really key factors, a couple of which you touched on. I mean, the costs of regreening in sub-Saharan Africa are infinitely lower than, say, in California or Germany yeah. or the UK. Well there is a lot of land. Uh, it is extremely fertile. It rains a lot in the right places, usually. Um, so there's lots of sort of obvious uh, geological reasons why we should focus there, too. But there's also sort of demographic reasons. You know, you mentioned the population. You would have seen this on your epic motorbike ride. You know, it's a very, very young population in it's Africa. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's, if, if the modeling is correct, there will be well over a billion people in Africa by the end of the century. And th this is a sort of ticking bomb in a way because they will need to be fed. They need, they, you know, they need to use their land and be resilient on it. And, uh, and the same for, for fresh water, it's, a, it's an enormous sort of issue. Um, when we do our communication roadshows, one of our communication techniques will come on and talk about, no doubt. You see this in the villages when they come out to see, see the champion farmers doing a, doing a roadshow with a screen and music and dancing. It's all really, really young people. And this is sort of very, this is, this is beautiful and brilliant, but it's also, it reminds you that Whereas someone like China's population, Europe, Europe's population is probably going down now. The same with the US. Yeah. And, and China's going to peak after its one child policy through the sort of 70s and 80s. But Africa is going to grow and grow and grow. And some of the biggest cities on the planet are, are, are going to be in Africa. Yeah. And I'll even counter that so with a bit more information that the 10 fastest growing cities in the world are all in Africa. Well, there you go. And they're going to need feeding. And, you know, if they're not if they're not uh, if they're not uh, surviving and and um, if they're not uh, making a success of their farms, there's going to be a food problem. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's in everyone's it's everyone's interest. Particularly, I mean, Africa, you know, the, the AFR 100 and the. The, the union of, of the African Union, they, they understand all this and they that's why they're so they're such great partners for us. They want Africa to to regreen itself. Um, and so this is why what we're doing with many others, I, I must add, is yeah. so vital. And um, uh, yeah, as I say, the land, the, the, the available land is there and the climate is there, the rainfall is there. Uh, it's 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 incredible. So it's, um you know, perfect. I, I, I I, I'm going to see if I can weave this in. Uh, so I'm going to see if I can weave, can weave in the plastic bag scenario, because uh, I, I think a, a lot a lot is learned from the UK and then morphs out um, around around the rest of the world. My plastic bag scenario: Kenya. Uh, when you buy um, food in Kenya, you you can't get a plastic bag because they followed us. Because uh, oh, if there's one thing I learned going through Africa, the the thing that you see everywhere is plastic bottles and plastic bags. Yeah. In Kenya. Um, realize that um, and so they, they follow us they get they get um, education instruction education let's go for education uh, from, from us and also that I, I believe that's been picked up on the what we we're talking about earlier about the sustainable um, elements of it just go back to um, Africa feeding itself yeah the, uh, the, the 10 fastest growing cities in the world are all in Africa and there's a big problem of urbanization um, where the younger generation believe that they can make the, the, the fortunes in the city, that they can run off to the city and become a, um, a, accountants and doctors. And it's a very sad, sad fact that unfortunately that, that doesn't work. And then a, a lot of young ladies um, end up working on the street. You can work, work out what that means um, or um, uh, being, being a taxi driver. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So there's some, some of our, our clients um, that mentioned a great one, Blue, Blue Skies, who operate out of Ghana, and, and they, they're the largest private employer in, um, in Ghana. And if you buy any um, 
uh, slice and dice fruit from the likes of um, M&S and uh, Sainsbury's. It's likely to have uh, come from them. And they got employed four and a half thousand people. And there's a there's an ecosystem of thirty five thousand people that are all associated with the with the business. And it, it is a, a bit like um, a social enterprise before social enterprises were were created. But they realise there's a problem with the urbanisation element. So with all the schools of a fifty kilometre radius, they set up a school farm competition. Um, and going back to this this regreeting um, element, um, the uh, the kids were. Um, were, were, were excited to dig up the uh, the school grounds that weren't being uh, fully utilized to plant um, uh, veggie patches. Um, and the Blue Skies has a, a competition every year where the winning schools get, get computers or, 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 or laptops. Um, and I've been involved with some of the live streaming on a, on a global basis uh, for them to just publicize. And, and it's amazing these um, 14, 15, 16 year old kids from the likes of Ghana do full blown, um, they do full blown um, PowerPoint presentations with Excel spreadsheets showing the profitability of their cucumbers. And I was, I was just absolutely, um, and where it's worked really well is it stopped those particular kids wanting to go to the city. They want to farm and they want to farm properly in a sustainable yes. manner. So if we've got, again, here comes the message again. If we've got the likes of uh, Just Dig It, if we've got uh, examples such as uh, Blue Skies and encouraging people um, and especially with Just Dig It, you can see how there's an industry um, in itself because someone's going to have to supply the tools, someone's going to have to give the training, someone's going to have to uh, give give this give the seeds um, for, for Just Dig It. And then what do you do with the land two, three years down, down, down the line? You, you'll you'll um, stick um, livestock on it and they'll have to be looked after. So again, just, just trying to uh, stop that urbanisation within, within Africa, using what, what you've all learned and deployed for, for Just Dig It. I'm, I'm very excited for you all. Well, well, thank you. And it, it, you know, it, it is obviously complicated, as you as you indicate. Um, but I, I should just maybe just tell you a couple of other things about just to get around the techniques we use, because please, um, because as I mentioned, just harnessing, just sequestering CO two is a very, very very much a byproduct of what we do. Um, if we talked about the Kasiki High, this is the tree restoration in in Tanzania. Um, you know what what we do is 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 do the education we don't do the restoration we we make sure the farmers do that but you know we have to inspire them we have to educate them and empower the smallholder farmers to regreen their land what's interesting is the main types of tree that come back that are indigenous there are acacia trees neem trees cassia sickle bush sometimes they produce crops medicines but you know if if we can make those farmers i mean they've they've worked out through positive communication that if we can produce a more productive farm and through this agroforestry idea, um, they can educate their children. They can not only yep. feed their children, but they can educate their children. And you know, another thing we do in, 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 in Kenya in, uh, with the Maasai people is, is we create grass seed banks and this empowers the women. So the women do this and they go, they, we create fenced off grass seed banks that they then harvest and sell that seed in the local markets. Thus again, creating economic empowerment. And I, I can't tell you that this is the part of the virtuous circle. Um, we're not just obsessed with, with planting things or covering the land with greenery. There is purpose around this and uh, because it does add to the economy. And obviously, a lot of your stakeholders, you know, we, we're not in the business of producing uh, cucumber farmers or guava farmers or anything. These are subsistence farmers. Yep. Um, who, but 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 the but the principles I guess are the same. That you you've got to bring back the soil health. You've got to restore nature. Otherwise, you won't have your 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 more sort of commercial farms uh, down the track.
Um, so, the, so the benefits are very much circular and um, sustainable, you know. And to your point about um, what happens to the land when we've regreened it, again, if they're rangelands, um, again, around the Masai areas, just sort of northeast of the, of the Kilimanjaro area, um, they are, we, part of the, the money we put in is to pay for uh, rangers to make sure we don't mind a bit of wildlife on there, but as long as it's Excellent. not grazing cattle, you know, we've actually seen photographs, we've actually had photographs taken of, of zebra and um, giraffe roaming around on regreen land, which is so heartwarming. We don't mind that, but if but we can't have the Maasai putting their cattle on there because they'll, they'll chew it all down to nothing again and then we start again. Yep. So they have to be protected. Uh, for a period of time before we move move on sort of thing. So it does get restored and then it gets protected. It's important that that's understood. Well, well done. And, and then commu communications. Um, as, as, I, as I inferred the architecture was via this, this really yeah. uh, odd link of, of Lady Diana. I, I don't think I've seen a, another organisation such as yourself with, with such a, a strong communications bent. Um, and, and so have, how's that... How's that come come about? Because it's well, I, I think really when you think about it, and I I, I can epitomise this journey personally myself as in my journey from a sort of the corporate world to the NGO world. I, I found you know I, I spent a year and a half doing nothing but reading books and about climate change, and I and I'm watching podcasts and listening to documentaries. I, I got myself into a right old depression, if I'm honest. Oh God, <laughs> because because it's you know if if you just read uh, about this stuff, it's incredibly paralyzing and, and that's the trouble with the complexity of climate change a lot of people as they come into this they find they find it paralyzing and the framing of climate issues is really 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 important you know you understand now in the UK that 60 percent of of young people feel worried or extremely worried about climate change yeah. and this is a terrible burden for young people to bear it's no wonder that climate anxiety has entered the mainstream lexicon yep. i mean the way these topics are discussed can can leave people uh, feeling we're all doomed and that uh, that means we should be indifferent or or helpless and and both of those are terrible things um so we we believe you know and we we set a lot of store by what sir david attenborough said and he said climate change is a, a communications issue yep. and well said. we well think it's absolutely bang on yeah. um after all ideas spread and positivity is infectious um, there is a fine line between being uh, uh, doom mongering and uh, being counterproductive and sort of paralysis. So we, we have to find that line between, um, yes, there's a saying, admitting, yes, there's a problem, but also, hey, we've got a solution. Come join us. And that's very engaging as a positioning because, yeah, we know it's tough out there. We know there's problems, but we've got a solution here. Come and join us. Dig in. And we find that. You know, when you when you are positive and solution orientated, you do create hope, and it's much more engaging for people to say, "Yeah, I want to, I want to come board, I come on board, I want to do something." Um, and I think this this is what's missing from a lot of NGO messaging is is a degree of positivity. And you know, we we use this all over the place. So you know, we're, we're blessed to have a lot of partners, but you you saw it in our our cinema commercial. But we use the same techniques when we're communicating to farmers in Africa. You know, we have billboards, thanks to our partners, JC Deco out there. You know, we have billboards in Swahili, in the local languages saying, you can do this, you know, you, you can do this. Um, you know, uh, and, and this, this idea of engaging people uh, with, with positive storytelling is very, very important. Yeah, 
And, and you mentioned partners and also ambassadors earlier. Can you just talk us through um, who you collaborate with, who, who your partners, who, who, you, who your ambassadors? Yeah, we're, we're incredibly lucky. I mean, you know, this is the other thing about being, I think, positive and having clear solutions that people, simple, clear solutions that people can readily understand. You know, we're blessed with a whole suite of partners. Um, most of our core partners devote their expertise which is what we want yes we want money i mean who doesn't want money when you're an ngo but yeah. um we have commercial partners who who donate and governments and uh, government grants and so on but we and, and obviously the public donates as well and we're grateful for everything but we're also grateful for our partner support so around the world we have the havas group which is a massive communications company uh, they help us with creativity creative expertise and wow. strategic communication planning um, and we've partnered with JC Deco, I've mentioned, who are a global outdoor media company. You see their screens all over the UK, but they're they're in China, they're in America, they're everywhere. Uh, but also many other outdoor companies like uh, Blow Up and Ocean and did and, and if you see, you've seen the cinema cinema commercials. So we've partnered with Digital Cinema Media, who who are responsible That's for so putting the ads in seventy five percent of the UK cinema screens and. And they, when they hear our story, they just say, well, look, how can we help? And, you know, we, we, we've also signed two amazing PR companies in the UK who are, again, devoting their professional expertise to us. And, you know, we're so grateful. Um, so that's one side of it, the communication side. But, of course, on the, on the activation side uh, in Africa on the ground, we work with, we, we couldn't do it without the local partners on the ground. So the Lead Foundation, the Amboseli Ecosystem Trust I've mentioned, and uh, Maasai Conservation and Wilderness Trust, and many, many more. You know, we're now expanding from Kenya and Tanzania into Uganda, Togo, Ethiopia, and Madagascar. So we've now got, uh, we're now supporting programs, uh, starting some, but supporting others in all these countries. So, you know, this this is, we've had an extraordinary year of momentum, and it, we couldn't do it without our partners. One thing I've learned, actually, outside of the commercial world is that in the NGO world, we talk about collaboration, not, not about com competition. We talk about collaboration and we couldn't do it without our amazing partners. And as you've mentioned, we have ambassadors. Yeah. Uh, we have one of the world's best known DJs called Don Diablo, who's yeah, yeah. I that's on the website too. He's done a track that the streaming revenues will come to Just Dig It. I mean, it's just oh, incredible. It's, it's called Stream to Regreen, which is I think one of the genius ideas that have come out of true collaboration with our, with our partners. It's just one thing I've really learned, and I think everyone, everyone's probably a bit bored of me saying it, of the 170, 180 broadcasts we've done over the last 18 months, the key theme that comes through every time is this one word of collaboration. Yeah. Um, that's especially with such an important subject. If we if we can all collaborate to get where we want to get to, and that, that's, that's amazing, some of the examples that, that you've, you've given. But should be, be realistic. Has, has this been an easy ride for yourself and, and the Just Dig It colleagues? Because presumably it's, it's been it's, you're trying to create societal change in, in the lights of Africa in some some respect. Have, have be honest with us. Have you sometimes felt that you've been banging your head head against the proverbial shovel uh, because uh, people don't want to engage? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you're absolutely right. It's it, it, it's sometimes it is hard work because. Um, you know, when we talk about collaboration, a lot of organizations still think in terms of competition. But when you work for an NGO like Just Dig It, you realize you're not in competition with anyone. You're just trying to cool down the planet. And, and no one has a problem with that, really, when you talk about it. So it's easy to, to create a collaborative narrative around this. But yeah, I mean, when you talk to corporates, uh, particularly, 
a lot of them are discovering a sort of purpose-led agenda now, and you yep, well will, will have come across this with some of your stakeholders. I certainly have in, in my business life. And people have many choices. You know, people have, um, you know, they could go into tree planting, they could go into um, other forms of mitigation, or they could be helping in, in, in myriad other ways. And it could just be that regreening isn't their thing. Uh, or it could be that, uh, you know, they want to help in, in other ways. But um, yeah, we don't we don't believe that we have a divine divine right to everyone's support. Um, but we find that when we do when we do tell our story, people really engage and help where they can, yeah. whether it's an individual on a personal level or whether it's at a corporate level. Yeah. I mean, some of the some of the toughest issues actually are are on the ground doing the work. Yeah, you know, because not not every square meter of African soil. Or, or soil anywhere in the world can be restored. Sometimes it's just gone. It's yep. a it's a dust bowl, or the the topsoil is washed away, and it's it's rock, or it's it's not good for agriculture or anything. Um, so they're, they're, and, and sometimes you know we have to do a lot of persuading and negotiating with with partners on the ground. They're suspicious of people coming in and, and sort of claiming they've got the solution, but they do. They just love our positivity, and and where, where we can show results, we, we find the most effective thing is look. Here's what we've done over here. Here's a before picture and here's an after picture. So you can see the difference. And when people can see the difference, they can say, oh, yeah, OK, I get it. OK, we should try this. Um, and so we rely very much on local elders and, and, and tribal leaders Excellent. and community leaders to help us get the message across. So, yeah, clearly any NGO will tell you it's not easy. Um, and, and, you know, but the, the good news is the only way is up. You know, we've got phenomenal momentum this year and there's yeah. so much more to go. So. We're, we're, we're the opposite of discouraged. We're actually very encouraged by the support we get and the momentum we're creating. But yeah, I'd be I'd be wrong to say it's been an, e an easy ride. Yeah, yeah, but you, you've got to have that resilience, haven't you? You've got to you got to you got to got to keep going on, on the basis that you've you've had such a good you've got such good momentum. Here's that 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 horrible horny question: three, five years out, what, what do you think just, just tickets going to look like um, at that point in time, please? Well, uh, you know, we, we we are very positive about the future because I think people are now understanding that nature-based solutions. I mean, there was a the whole day at COP was devoted to nature. Yeah, well done. Uh, you, yep. you would have seen that. And, you know, we were presenting at COP and, you know, nature-based solutions are now starting to get the attention they deserve, you know, restoring nature. Yes, we've got to decarbonize the economy back to where we started. But, you know, we also have to restore nature in all its glorious forms. And so people are sort of understanding this, you know, enlightened chief execs and organizations are realizing that there's a there's a route into this complex climate problem that's easy to understand. So we feel that momentum is very much on our, you know, we're, we're riding this wave in a way. It's like, you know, we've got momentum um, in the coming years. Yes. Look, so we're, we're managing programs and we're also adding media and uh, communication expertise to other programs. But really, where the where the magic is going to happen is if we can scale up. Uh, a sort of it's an overused word but exponentially so we, we are working on a big plan called we call it beyond programs we you know our, our programs on the ground we call them programs um, we're working on this strategic plan called moving beyond programs and this is really where we can communicate directly with literally millions and millions of smallholder farmers directly okay. through their mobile phone um, through through data technology you know, not just the ancient farming techniques but using modern uh, data and technology yeah. 
Yeah. Most of these guys, uh, these guys and girls have got have got phones. Yep. Uh, and they 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 need data, so we're working out ways uh, of um, making sure there's a a proper exchange of value. That if they follow these regreening techniques, they will have free data. Possibly, if we can if we can move into this area of um, proper carbon official carbon sequestration, they could be rewarded for yep. the carbon they are sequestering on their land. So if you provide the right incentives. Maybe there's a gamification plan, a competitive plan with their neighboring farmers. You know, there's, there's, so we're looking for funding to do this. And then, of course, we can then really move at pace because if you can talk to, let's say, 100, 200, 300 million farmers, um, that's a different order of magnitude. Oh, oh my God. The, 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 yeah, you, you, you put one thing out there to those 300, 400 farmers and the fundamental change in a yeah, positive I mean, manner that could, that could be going make. program by program, village by village. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's working, but it's, it's, we don't have time for this. We need to accelerate. Um, and so the only way to do this, we, we see is, is by using um, you know, mass technology and mass awareness, using our communication expertise uh, with mass awareness media. Yeah. I mean, for instance, we, 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 we already make radio programs in, in Tanzania to, to tell farmers how you can do this. Um, you know, it's easy, you know, get on board, dig in, and, and they, they listen in and think, okay. And then we, then we do the road, road shows and we're, we're all the time on, on social media as well. So, you know, we're just, we're working on this big plan. And I think for the future in Just Ticket is, is extremely bright because, you know, we're, we are already moving at a huge speed. And because of the uh, awareness campaigns we've done, we now have strong relationships with the United Nations, for instance, and now sort of government developments, they've got large budgets, they're starting to get interested. And, you know, as you say, there's a lot of momentum already in Africa. You know, there's a lot of awareness of these issues. So it's just about joining the dots, collaborating with the right people. And yeah, it's, as you say, it's, it's hard work, but, you know, there's a lot more to do. Um, and, and if I'm if I'm smiling like a Cheshire cat, there's a there's a reason for that that we know of a number of uh, companies in the ag tech field who are looking to assist the the small small farmer grower in in the lights of Africa, and uh, I, I'm going to show them this uh, this broadcast because they, they I suspect they'd be very keen to have a conversation with you to see if that they can assist. So here comes that word against uh, collaboration. So yes. I, I wasn't I wasn't aware of that, and uh, yeah, to be able to. To, to go to that next logical step. Yeah, the, rather, what, what was the phrase you used? Rather than, than the UK government saying, we've got to level up, what was the phrase that you, that you used? Just so we can uh, reiterate it? Oh, uh, well, scale up, I mean. Uh, scale up, uh, there we go. Scale up with just dig it. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks, so, so, so why, why don't we do this? I, I, I think it'd be really good actually, because it's such a, a nice little video, just to bookend the, 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 the chat with the video again, so, so we can really, really drive, drive that home. So if you just stop, stop your, your video again, and I'm just okay. going to find it, and we're going to show it up again, because I think it's just so important to drive this home. Global warming is moving in fast. Time to speed up regreening. If millions of African farmers are empowered, the mother continent can be regreened in 10 years. So dig in, make some noise and move the masses. Dig in, help inspire the new generation. Fathers, mothers, children, everyone. Regreening is done together. Dig in, cooling down the planet. Just dig it. Excellent. I'm gonna, I, I must have watched that about 15 times already, Stuart. So, so Stuart, I, I know we can find you on Google, but what, what's the best way to to connect with uh, with, your, with yourself and your colleagues? How how would you like, whether it be graduates or whether it be companies or whether it be people that want to d d donate money? What, what's the best way to interact ongoing with Just Dig It, please? 
Well, you can, well, thank you for that. Uh, we, we, you can contact us via our website, which is uh, www.justdigit with uh, two Gs, uh, .org. Um, just Google us, we're there. Um, there's a donation platform there if, if it's a relatively small donation. If it's a corporate donation, we have a separate uh, arrangement for that. Um, so just uh, get in touch. Uh, you know, there's email, uh, there's email addresses on the website, or you can email me at stuart at justdigit.org. Uh, um, we're very interested in um, partnering up with people. As I say, we're not really in the in the commercial food business. I think you know we've been reasonably clear about that. But we're we're very interested in talking to any company that wants to help us. Uh, that's either financially or in terms of expertise uh, or or introductions. Sometimes it's as simple as yeah. Have you met so and so? Can I introduce you to X or Y? Uh, it might lead to a, another really interesting productive conversation. Um, so it's been great talking to you, uh, Max, and um, thanks so much. I, I, I just love this uh, this connotation that you and I got together because of Lady Diana. Who, who would have <laughs> who would have thought it? Let, let's let's see let's see where it takes us. We've done Lady Diana. We've done the House of Gucci. Um, well, yeah. I, there we go, Stuart. It's going to be Top Gun. It's going to, yeah. you're, you're going to be the the Stuart Taylor Top Gun of, of Just Dig It. And before we wind up, we just need to know, Stuart, what is your favourite fresh produce? Favorite fresh produce? Oh, do you know what? I, I, my guilty secret is mangoes. I, I love mangoes. Oh. Um, okay, but if, if we go, if we're staying local, if we're staying UK, it would have to be. Uh, I'm going to say tomatoes. Love tomatoes. Excellent. Yeah, some of the oh, uh, mangoes. Uh, just mangoes. How would you consume them? Would you, would you just be cutting the fruit, or would you be would you be doing something exotic with them? Keep it simple. Peel it and eat it. Alfonso, Alfonso mangoes. I, I had the luxury of eating them. Uh, I was given a box from my trip to India years ago, and wow. I've never looked back. I think they're amazing. Excellent. Sure, you've been fantastic. Just think it's fantastic. Let's keep in contact with uh, with you and your colleagues. And uh, yeah, no, I think the future is bright for you and the difference that you're going to make on a global basis with collaborations is going to be amazing. So sure, thank you very much for, for your well, time you, and, and every. And, and, and I mean, everyone engage with Stuart, engage with the with, with just to get you have a look at their website. It's uh, it, it, sure it's all inspiring. That's what I'm going to say. Thanks very much indeed. We're also all over social media on Instagram and uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and so on. So you know we're easy to, easy to get in touch with. But listen, thanks very much and thanks for the opportunity to talk to you, Max. It's been great. Stuart, look up yourself. Many thanks. Thank you. Bye 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 bye.